This is Colossus, and you're listening to The High Regard Show. Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And I'm Nikki. And this is The High Regard Show. In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up on the third floor. Moving on up. Oh, don't get better than that. Nope, sir. The things we do for you listeners. Press buttons like a sausage-fingered freak. We don't listen to Tom talk enough. Oh, please. I got a hot mic here. The arsonist has oddly shaped feet. That was the most clear and coherent thought that Nikki's going to have on the show this entire week. <laughs> it's all downhill from here, I'm sure. Welcome to it, peoples. Welcome, welcome. It's Christmas week. Jesus, man. I mean, it technically is because it's the week before it. Christmas. Yeah. yeah. This is a steam barreling ahead for those people who waited until the last minute to get all their gifts and do their wrapping and all that other crazy shit. Here it comes. <laughs> you've got Here it comes. You've got seven days to get your shit together. And it's not going to be a good week for anybody. I mean, even for people who got their stuff together, it's still going to suck. Because going to be traveling, there's going to be nagging. There's Finishing gonna be those... your work, which is something that I personally am facing. <laughs> like, I've got so many deadlines, and I'm like, ah! You see, but there's something about the work aspect of it, though. Every year I panic about work going into the Christmas holidays because every year I'm thinking, you know, everybody like, here's everything we need to just blow the budget by the end of the year. And we get like a crazy amount of work. With that said, everybody panics. And by the time it's all said and done, there are so many rush jobs, there's no way to get them all done. Right. There's no way. And we all know it's not going to all get done. Right. They just want to see because they want to come back to not a clusterfuck. And right. I think I think you have to realize that in whatever business you're in, whatever it is that you do, I'm a journalist, you are an art director, you know, there's shit job, there's shit parts of both jobs. Of course. But I think you know that when you come back from a vacation or time off, which, you know, we're going to be like, I have four days of work ahead of me before <laughs> I am on vacation for like eight and a half days. And you know that no matter where you go or how prepared you are, you're still going to walk into a buzzsaw when you come home. Like when you come back and things get back to normal, it's going to be like all the stuff that you, the emails that you didn't check, there's going to be fires to put out from that. Like it's just, so give up. You're not going to get it all in. And just once you start to know that, life gets real easy. And I also feel like because there's so much time off, like, you know, for most people, you, you, you know, we've both been there. Where you get like a long weekend. Ooh, I got a Friday off. Monday you come in, you are fucked. If you get Monday off, it's even worse because Tuesday through Friday feels like an eternity. It does. I've always, <laughs> I've always, always felt that. Like whenever you've had like a, the shortest weeks are the longest weeks in my opinion because it's just you've been conditioned to enjoy your life and then all of a sudden <laughs> here's work and it, yeah, it's for less time but then you're like... I remember when I had that three-day weekend and, like, I didn't have to think about anything. Yeah. Well, the good news about this time of year is I feel like you go away for seven, ten days, depending on what you got. You know, for us, it's – for the most part, it's a staycation. We're not really going anywhere between the holidays this year. I and mean, we, like, did it – day or night. Right, yeah. But we did it, like, really well because, like, of course, we have to cram in both families. So, like yeah. – but we're cramming two families and – two states that are separated by a state in between them we're cramming that into like four days and then we're gonna have like a six-day staycation at home right. so like we're we're gonna have a we're kicking it off kind of stressful with traveling but then the back end is just gonna be like whatever man whatever and you know what the best part about not getting everything done with those six days 
What? No one's going to remember when you go back to work. They all every year is the same thing. So where did we leave off? You can make up anything you want. You can <laughs> literally just be like, "Well, I feel like when we left, we were in amazing shape. So there's really nothing <laughs> to worry about." I mean, I think it's just one of those old timer tricks. It might be. It might be. So speaking of tricks, why don't you tell us what you got up your sleeve for this week's you heard? Well, this week's you heard comes to us between comes to us from Oh, is it? It comes yes. Comes to us between what? Between pine and cedar on Broadway. Well, it's not as good as between peanut butter and chocolate, but sure, okay, go on. (laughs) Delete my number from your phone. Oh. Now that was it was delivered very sassily on the phone. Someone was having a very heated conversation. A man or woman. It was a man. Uh, wow. Yeah. And he was just like, delete my number from your phone. And it was just, and I listened for a little while because we were going in the same direction as, as I was on my, do. as I do, as I do, but because I was going in the same direction to get my lunch. And you needed to get hurt. I need, no, it's just like, I was like, oh, that's a good quote. I'm going to see if I can get some more. And that was pretty much the, the, the money shot of what his conversation was. But it kind of goes with the theme of this week's show, kind of just... It, because it was very raw, his emotion. Like, he was very angry when he said that to her, or him, whoever he might have been talking, whoever he was talking about, he was very emotional, and he was very angry. We live in the modern world. It can go either way. It could go either way. It could have been his dog. Who do I know? And who are we to judge? Who are we to judge? I don't care. Like, I don't give a shit who you are, what you do. Just be a nice person. That's all I ask. And that's this week's You Heard. Just be a nice person. I'm glad you're not asking for too much from people this holiday season. (laughs) I feel as if so many people are on edge, and because of it, they are teeter-tottering one way or the other. I Yeah, you know, and I do get it. I do get it. It's been a hell of a year. But you know what, though? For, like, a lot of people, this is just a stressful year in a life of just, you know, struggling with things and dealing with emotions like i'm a very emotional person as you know i cry at a commercial yes we all know i watch a dog video i follow so many like just down in the dumps kind of dogs and rescue people it breaks my heart but like no when you see like there is one dog that i follow that i love his name his name is a pup named squish Mm mm-hmm and he's got a very, like his face is all collapsed and he is still the no. happiest dog that you will ever see. And he was saved at the last minute because his doctor was like, there's no way that I could put this dog down because look at how happy he is. So like, there's so many things to get like upset about. And sometimes you just got to be like, you know what? I try every single day I set out to be like, I don't want to be pissed off when I get to work after the MTA. I don't want to be pissed off all the time. So like every day is a new day. So I try to kind of just, I'm going to try to be a nice person. And we had our Christmas party a couple days ago (laughs) at work and a couple people were just like, you are like the nicest person in the office. You're always happy. And I'm just like, 
no, looking you behind. <laughs> and I like and I like turned around and like I looked around and I'm just like am I? I'm like, are you talking to me? And I'm like, cause like if you, and then I'm like, oh, you don't have a word bubble above your head. Mm. They're like, oh wait, so are you not nice? And I'm like, no, I am. I'm like, but I have my, you know, I have my, my days. Send them my way. <laughs> if they have any questions, send them my way. Oh, cause you got it so bad. Shut up. No, but I know the true you. When you live with somebody, you know the true person. I love when people come over and they're like going, you know, man, you like have the best personality at something. Oh, you or me? Just in general. And I'm like going, no, I don't. I'm a miserable bastard. (laughs) Like I seriously am. And the fact that I can hide it so well just means that I'm a really good actor. You really are. As opposed to, but in my head, all I'm thinking about is how am I going to, you know, like kick you when you're not looking? (laughs) Like, like seriously, like going, oh, I appreciate you saying that. And I'm thinking like, I want to kick your feet out from behind you. But part of that is, is, you know, I personally have this weird psychological disorder, which is, you know, makes me swing from one mood to the other. Sure, yeah. You know? And And it's gotten, you've definitely gotten better. Like, you've gotten better with some of your new medication that you happen to be on. Yeah, but I feel like... That you've always kind of been on. (laughs) Yeah. But I feel like no matter what medicine you're on, it only lasts for so long before they have to adjust it or before they have to change it or something else. Or before you channel that into something else. Right. Where, you know, we come full circle with this conversation is our guest had the same situation. Right. And that's why I was like the raw emotion of the guy from the You Heard, you know, kind of goes with our guest who happens to be a musician and singer-songwriter named Jay Stoller. And Jay records under the name Stoller, S-T-O-L-A-R. And he just released his the first of a year's worth of music that he's doing it's called raw emotions and it's the series and he's going to be releasing two songs a month and then each song is kind of going to cover or each pair of songs is going to cover like a certain emotion and he suffers from bipolar disorder and depression and that's kind of where this came from right like this music comes from and his music is very it's it's so good like i've been i was listening to it of course like i do when i'm when i interview someone like just listening to the the music over and over and he's got songs called paralyzed and feel good and raw emotions and like feel good is such a good song like it's very like uplifting and but when you hear the music like when you hear the lyrics you're like you know you're definitely using this music to kind of work through something so jay you know, he could you could find everything on his SoundCloud. Um, but, you know, he tells us a little bit about how the series came about, what we can expect from, you know, the future emotions. But the series, everything, and what, what I, of course, love, because I'm a New York City gal, is that the music is going to be named after parts of New York City. And the first series that came out was Raw Emotion Soho. So he's going to tell us a little bit about where that came from, what informs his music, and then, because it's two New Yorkers talking, we got to talk pizza and some places where he <laughs> likes to unwind from the frenetic pace of this city always back to food isn't you, it, it, it <laughs> always my whole life revolves around food and that's fine that's fine all right well why don't we roll that fabulous bean footage Burked, burked. so hi jay thanks so much for coming on the high regard show we're really excited to have you today 
nice to be here. <laughs> and, you know, obviously we're, we, we want to kind of start off with uh, you just released the first EP from your Raw Emotion series. You know, I've been listening to it all morning and I really, really love it. So can you tell me a little bit about how the idea for this series came about? Yeah, so overall it started, I mean, it's really started over the last couple of years, but it came into full gear in the spring where I started writing every morning. Um, and I have like a specific morning routine that we could talk about a little bit more, but it resulted in a lot of songs. Plus over the last two years, I had been going around between New York, LA and Nashville right. and had written about 150, 200 songs that were in contention for release. And then between March and July, I had about another 100 songs. Oh all my of a sudden, God. I had all of this material and was just feeling like I wasn't sharing it. Right. Being able to put it out into the world. So that's really where Raw Emotions came to life. Um, it was like, okay, how do I share this music in a way that it becomes a soundtrack for people's lives and at the same time to share the process of creating it as it's happening. Right. Um, so that's how we came up with the project and essentially it's the EPs are compilations of the songs that are released. So every month is focused on a different emotion and the music and the photos and any collaborations I do in that month are all connected to that emotion. Um, so this month's emotion is hopeful and this EP is a compilation of four of the songs that have already been released and a new one called Back Where You Belong. Okay, awesome. And, you know, the kind of hopeful seems, you know, pretty pretty good for this time of year because, you know, the end of the year kind of seems a way to reflect on, you know, what's happened before, but then be hopeful that we can be better and make some changes in the new year to better ourselves or, you know, just have a better idea of, you know, what we could do for each other. You know, it was, was the timing of that kind of, you know, did, did the holidays play into that or, you know, this time of year play into that? A hundred percent. Yeah, and choosing the emotions I actually find one of the most difficult things to like really make sure what we're saying is right. Like even today, right before I talked to you, I just had a call where we might be changing the emotion for January because I had a new song that we wanted to release and the photo that we took felt like it didn't quite resonate. Mm. So it is about the time of year, but it's just also about the song itself, um, like back where you belong which is the focus track for December is really about like being hopeful that someone you love is going to understand that this is the place that they should be and they shouldn't be trying to find something better. Right. Um, yeah. I, mean, I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like hopeful. It's been really weird having this project because it makes you think about emotions a lot more. Right. I'm already like a pretty aggressively emotional person. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Hopeful is a hard one. You know, I find it's it's easy to get angry. It's easy, right. easier to be sad. It's not easy to deal with them, but those emotions come pretty quickly or fear, excitement. But to really be hopeful is hard to tell, especially right. for me to make that decision. Like, you know what? I hope this happens and I'm okay if it doesn't. Right, <laughs> right. That's, that's yeah. shitty to be like, yeah, it might not happen, but whatever. I hope it does. Like hope is, 
a very powerful but frightening emotion. It really me, is. Personally. Yeah, like I I'm, I'm always kind of like, like I try to think of myself as an optimist, but I like I'm secretly not and I've I try to be hopeful, but it, it it's very hard, especially, you know, this year has been a hell of a year to kind of keep hope alive. So, um 100%. <laughs> and how did you, you know, kind of decide to do like these two songs each month and then, you know, and then release the EPs kind of every quarter, you know, did you have like what challenges are you kind of facing looking at it that way? Like, you know, you said that, you know, you kind of, the picture kind of didn't go with the emotion that you wanted to have for January. Like what other challenges do you, do you kind of face with doing the project this way? Um, the challenge, the biggest challenge I think is to be totally transparent is like getting the music and all of the surrounding art finished Mm-hmm. in time but also making sure that I love it I feel like it's representative of me it's representative of the emotion it's the best that it can possibly be because I I would never want to put something out that feel like it feels like it's compromised because we have to put out a lot of material so right. um, I think the biggest challenge is just making sure that everything I guess it's like a simultaneously creative and logistical challenge okay we have to get all these things done by this time, which is amazing, right? Like deadlines are unbelievable right. for creativity. Um, but at the same time, it has to live up to the highest possible standard. Every song, every photo. If we finish something and it doesn't feel like it's at the level that it needs to be, and not just like level of you know, what's good or bad is totally subjective, but right. is it does it feel like something that is, going to make people feel something because that's what this whole project is about um we'll just throw it out and i've done that with multiple photos and then songs it feels like you know this isn't the right one i'll share it on instagram or i'll share it um in different ways but in order to put things out as okay these are the focus tracks these are the things we believe in uh they have to fit um And the other challenge is just that it's always changing. Right. Always changing. Like today, there's a song that uh, I wrote that's going to be released on one of my good friend's EPs in January. So we decided to change out one of the songs that we're releasing in January to one that I just wrote with her because it felt right, you know? Right. So that means, okay, we got to shift the song. We got to tell the distributor that a different song is going on but it's kind of cool for me i think it's very stressful for everyone who works on my team where i'm like guys <laughs> i have a new idea let's change everything that we planned <laughs> um I, i'm pretty sure yeah i cause a lot of stress for everybody, but it's cool they're they're 100 percent behind the project and i've been really lucky to get to just push this crazy idea as far as I can. Right, absolutely. And, you know, you're going to name name the EPs after parts of, you know, this fair city of ours. So, you know, how much how much does the city inspire your work? How much does New York City inspire my work? Yeah. Um, uh, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, like, the energy of how I live is New York. Right, right. For me. And I've tried, I've gone a lot of places. I travel a lot, but like, there's nothing like New York City. And just the way it challenges you, the amount of people, the constant inspiration. For me, the group of friends and family and artists and 
music venues and people I work with that are here in New York, even if I'm traveling somewhere else. And a lot of this music was made in Los Angeles. I'm still like bringing New York with me. Like I'm right. the guy who's like, all right, guys, we're going to show up at one o'clock and we're going to work till two in the morning. <laughs> um, and we're going to go. Like, I don't care that we're in California. We're going to work like we're in New York and right. push ourselves until we surprise ourselves. So, <laughs> right. um, yeah, I think it's, it's with me all the time. And to get to kind of capture the whole vibe of New York City throughout this project in the different EPs and different uh, compilations of the songs is really cool and, and interesting. Like, I don't exactly know what the next EP location is going to be yet because I don't even know what all the songs are right. that are going to be on it because some of this... Um, like I said, it gets changed. Like I could write a song this weekend that we decided to release in February and now that's on the EP. So it's definitely the craziest thing creatively I've ever been a part of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's cool. Yeah, no, there's definitely a lot, like especially speaking to you, like there's a lot more moving parts than, you know, Gary first told me about with, you know, just kind of the background. And, you know, it, that, that's really cool that there are so many components that go into this project. Um you know, I think that's that's really awesome. Um, you know, you. You, you said that you're right. Like writing is something that you kind of do every single day, um, you know, and you know, as someone who's who suffers from both bipolar disorder and depression, you know, those are things can be so detrimental to creativity for so many people, especially, you know, there's people that I know that just stopped being creative because they're trying to tackle these, you know, trying to tackle these disorders. But how does writing and creating music help you combat those things for yourself um so i think what it does like it, it's a hard it's combating is hard right it's like if someone swings a huge metal pipe at you and you try to just catch it and mm-hmm. grab it it's going to crush your hand right right so for me as opposed to trying to stop a period of depression or a period of like mania or just an overwhelming surge of emotion in general um in that metaphor where you're getting the pipe swung at you it's Mm -hmm. more about like moving and moving out of the way so that the pipe swings into air and doesn't hit you right um and that's what creating and writing does for me and i have a particular way that I do it every day that's not necessarily based in writing for a specific outcome right I'll tell you about it it's going to make me sound even crazier but I'm happy (laughs) to tell you um but overall and I don't I used to do it seven days a week now I do it five days a week um and I wake up and meditate I do transcendental meditation and then do a little bit of body movement stuff Mm -hmm. which I just believe that a lot of our emotions and feelings get locked up in our bodies so nothing crazy but like if you were in my room you'd be like wow this guy's weird as hell Um, (laughs) not at all and then I sit down at the piano and I have a a process that I call the dig so I turn on a recorder and for 10 minutes um I well I guess not just the piano could be at any instrument and I improvise melodies and lyrics at the same time and as soon as I land on an idea I switch immediately so I either switch melodies or lyrics chord progressions sometimes I'll stop playing completely and just sing 
Um, and the idea for that is there's at least 10 minutes every day where I am completely creating for the sake of creating. Right. You know, there's no, there's no, I'm trying to write a hit song or like all the <laughs> sure. shit that comes into your head when you're sure. trying to make something, the pressures of society, even if they do come in, um, that thought is just a thought that's happening and then it passes because I'm moving so quickly through moment to moment creation that there's really no time to think right there's just time to be present um so uh, there's longer descriptions of how that works for like every other month it's been harder to be super consistent in terms of the first four months every other month i was writing a song every day doing those digs in the morning and then in the afternoon going back to those digs and kind of chopping them up in logic or a music production program and being like okay what pieces do i like what pieces don't i like and writing songs from those improvised uh dig exercises in the morning right but now it's just become a little bit more of like a fluid part of my life so anyway the the long (laughs) a long answer to the question of how it as opposed to combat mental illness it's more about just like channeling creativity and the emotions that flow through me consistently so that there are less blockages. And this doesn't mean that I wake up some days and like stay in bed for an extra 25, 30 minutes, get super depressed, think a bunch of things that no one should ever think and then have to get up and like push myself to do this. I do, but I believe that it helps make everything flow a little bit easier on the hard days yeah no and and I don't don't think it's crazy at all I mean I think it's kind of crazy that creative people don't kind of do things like that you know I mean there's Mm. times where I'm like I need to write and I'm gonna sit here and do everything but that even though I'm sitting with the open document blank in front of me there's 37 other things that I start doing because it's just like no I'm not ready to commit yet and you know so I think like doing something like that that just kind of you're doing it for the sake of creating then you can actually get down to the task at hand I think that's a really good exercise and a practice that a lot of people should probably think about you know incorporating into their their process thank you well we should talk about it more maybe you want to do some writing gigs (laughs) (laughs) absolutely (laughs) and you know i I love it if you get me drunk this is now like the first thing that i talk about that's how i usually gauge what i'm most excited about (laughs) (laughs) awesome and you know in addition to writing you know work works for yourself you know you're also writing for others so how does writing for yourself differ from what you do with or for someone else um, so I'm pretty rarely writing what I would say for someone else without being in the room mm-hmm. with them. Um, the way I kind of think about it is it's like if I'm in a room and I'm the only artist there and say I'm with some producers or, um, other writers, I'm writing from my own perspective for myself as if it was a song that I'd released for raw emotions, a song again, where like the core concept of the project is to write things that make people feel right as simple as that sound I really struggled with it for a long time um but it's it's simple and it's something I can live by so I'll write a song in that position but then the songs will get sent around and sometimes there's a pop artist who will record that song right so even though I guess it's kind of like the dig in the sense where I'm not thinking about who the song's going to I'm just thinking about writing a great song and then afterwards it'll be like okay who could have this right Um, okay but if there is an artist in the room, it's for me just about like being there, 
connecting with that person and pulling as much truth out of them as possible. And sometimes that's like, okay, this person is just super chill and wants to write like vibey, happy, tropical house dance music. Awesome. <laughs> that's who they are. Right. But sometimes people are really going through a lot and now we have to dive a little deeper and write something that's, you know, maybe a little bit more, uh, has more layers in some of the realm of more intense emotions. So it's just about like, I guess, connecting with people, pulling shit out of them right. and going as, as deep as we can um, so that while we're there, I'm writing through them as opposed to um, from just what's, what's happening within right. me. But at the same time, it's going through like the filter of the kind of melodies I write, the sure. kind of lyrical approach I have and all of that. Okay, great. And finally, I want to just get to these three burning New York-related questions that I have for you, Joe. So what is your favorite place, or where is your favorite place to catch your breath, you know, from the frenetic pace of this city? Um, home, where I am right now, right here at my piano. <laughs> nice. <laughs> this is where I want to be. Um... And I live uh, like right in the heart of Williamsburg, which I love too, because it's such a dichotomy of now big business and we can kind of go anywhere right here, but there's also still all these like small stores and right. restaurants and people who live here and people who are traveling here and visiting. There's just so many different kinds of energies. So it's, I guess it's kind of crazy to say that like a chaotic place filled with lots of energy calms me down right no um, but it but it does <laughs> yeah no I get that too like I, I I feed off of that and then you know I, I find some of my best writing is out in that noise and just watching people and and stuff but do you have you know is writing something that you do at home or is that something that you can do out out in the city as well both yeah I'll either be writing by myself here or with other artists or other writers or producers in my home studio or um, going to different studios in the city. And then I, I go to LA a lot. Like mm -hmm. I think I was there a total of 90 days this year. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Probably the most I've been there before. Wow. And finally, where is the best pizza in New York City? Because that is something that, <laughs> I, that is a quest that I am on. And <laughs> I always want to know what everybody um, else thinks. Okay, I've got, like, multiple answers for that. There's different <laughs> kinds of pizza, right? So, like, sliced pizza, I personally think Joe's Pizza, any of the locations, like, probably go to the West Village one because it's the first one on Carmine Street. Right, yep. Um, but there's one in the West Village, there's one in Union Square, there's one in Williamsburg. Just, I don't know if you're allowed to curse on your show. Of course, yes. unbelievable pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and it's simple and you can get whatever you want. But then in terms of, uh, you know, more... Italian style pizza where it's in a wood fire oven and it's coming as a whole pizza. You can't get it by the slice. My favorite new place is a place called Polly G's in Greenpoint. Um, it's really unbelievable. And you can go to like the more classic places like Roberta's or right, Lombardi's, right. all really, really good. But this place is unreal. 
I would check it out if you have. All right. I, I actually just walked past it last week when I was in Greenpoint, and I was like, that kind of looks good. And But unfortunately, I was on my way to dinner, so I couldn't go. But I, that's definitely on the list for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, that is all that I have for you, sir. So thank you so much for speaking to the High Regard Show. And I'm loving the new EP. So I look forward to the, the next one and the next one after that. Oh, thank you so much. Of course. And have a good weekend and have a good holiday. <laughs> you too. Uh, right. I'll see you in 2018. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. really loved talking to him like I love talking to musicians as you know you know Uh, from (laughs) because I do miss like my days of being a music journalist like I really do miss that you know especially now with you know the news and the world the way that it is like music something lighter it's lighter but it's also like but not I mean because like the emotions that he's talking about but like I just I love like there's a reason that you know you call me nosy Nikki, but like I love knowing someone's process, you know, especially like that's why that's a question that I always ask someone who's creative. Like, what is your process? And I love how when he explains, you know, what his writing is and how he just gets in there because we both know that, you know, you mentioned before about swinging and like I've seen you deep, deep, deep in the depths of depression and you don't want to get out of bed. You didn't get out of bed. There were, especially in the last year, like this, 2017 was a fucking bitch (laughs) because of the health issues that we both had and not knowing what was wrong with you and all of these things. So like there were times when you just could not get out of bed. You didn't leave the house for weeks at a time. What was the point? Like in my head, I'm just like going, well, I'm going to die soon anyway. So fuck it. Why am I going to leave bed? I might as well just be comfortable until the time comes rolling around. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So like you got into that emotional like holding cell and you stopped creating. And like even like we saw it with the show where like we weren't like we weren't bringing our A game because we couldn't because you just we couldn't break through that wall that was thanks for joining (laughs) us glad you can make it for another week of the high regard show you sound like steven wright i love it (laughs) like when he's i sound like i did six months ago is what i sound (laughs) like but yeah but like so that's why i wanted to know you know how he pushed how his music like like how his depression and bipolar disorder kind of helped him get out of that shell because I know that when I'm feeling in a really dark place and I don't really th- like I like I have to keep doing that's the kind of person that I am like I can't just lay in bed I would love to be that kind of person on occasion but like that's not natural for me because that's just not what I normally do so it's like if I get up and like I curl up on the couch and I write in my journal for like an hour and just kind of spew through the things that are going that's something that helps me right. you know but you like I just know that like that's what was I was interested in because I wanted to know how he took what he was going through to inform his creativity which right. is what you're really starting to do now because it seems like you know we found out what's wrong with you and yes we still have like a really long road ahead of us but like you were able to cha- like you're channeling your creativity into so many different things right now and it's just like this lightness about you but here's the thing with being bipolar i feel like when you hit each tip of the pendulum like um the depressive part of it mm-hmm. you get to the depressive part and 
like I was and you said, mm-hmm. you know, I would lock myself in a dark room and just be like, I will see you when I feel like coming out of this. And it could be a couple of days, could be a couple of weeks. In the past situation, it was a couple of months. Right. You know? But when you come out of that, like I think every creative person in general has something wrong with them. Like you have to. Why would, you know, little Tyler Dirt and I were talking about this the other day because she was talking about like the different fields of photography that she's considering going into. And as she was talking, she was like, you know, she goes, I know no matter what field I pick, I'm not going to make as much money as somebody who went in, you know, to college to become a doctor, a lawyer, well, yeah, uh, you know, sure. something like that. But she goes, I'm hoping it makes me happy. And I told her, I'm like, it's not that the job will make you happy because once you start getting paid for it, the joy comes out of it in a lot of instances. Of it's course, just the yeah. way it is because you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for the cash now. But the cool thing about this day and age is there are so many new advances like in the creative fields that you can like, you know, go into your depression, come out of it. You need something to focus on when you come out of it because you've just been to like the darkest place you right, could possibly sure. be. And then when you come out of that dark place, then you look at it and you're like going, okay, I got to dump everything that's been stewing in me for the last days, weeks, months, whatever into something. There are so many technological advancements mm-hmm. in this day and age that you can milk whatever you decide to go into until your next depression. And when your next depression comes, when you come out of it, you could jump into something completely different. That's something creative people do all the right, time. Right. You know, and I've you know, I feel like, you know, writing about like Soho this series, you know, if if it wound up being that Jay went into another swing, he might come out of it and be like going, okay, I'm leaving Soho. I want to write about something else. The fact that he's planning ahead for that is brilliant right, because right. you're really mapping out like how to heal yourself, which right, is a sure. step ahead of the game. I mean, it's and great that he's able to do that. Right. And he's also giving himself room to kind of go where it's taking him as well. Where like he's not too much concerned with predetermining where the where the EPs are going to go for the series, you know, right. for this raw emotion series. He's kind of just letting the raw emotions drive where he is going to take it or where it's going to take him. Which is where your best work comes from. Right, Like, yeah. once you have the raw emotions, I mean, like, you're out and you're, you know, you're able to, like, pummel through it. The only thing that I would say that, you know, I might not necessarily agree with is the best pizza in New York either comes from... Prince Street, or from what's the other one with the vodka pizza? Pomodoro. Pomodoro. Those are the only two places you can go for pizza in this city. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. I don't know, man. Judging by those lines that you know you see at Joe's, there is. I have been on Bleecker Street at like nine in the morning, mm-hmm. and there are people inside Joe's eating pizza. Like there are, and I mean, hey, man, I will eat pizza at any goddamn meal. At nine o'clock in the morning, I would eat pizza all fucking day if I could. This place is packed at nine o'clock in the morning. I've seen, I've seen early in the morning, like maybe ten, like whenever they open. Like I don't know if they're open twenty four seven. I don't know, but I know. I've been there early in the morning in that vicinity, and there are people chowing down on pizza. Compared to 2 o'clock in the morning at Prince Street, I cannot imagine the lines are that long. (laughs) Because those are my people's. 2 o'clock in the morning at Prince Street, I can just look up and down that line, and I can be like, you're all just like me. (laughs) With your blaring red 
devil ass color eyes standing on <laughs> line waiting for your pepperoni cups filled oh with God. grease to drink off shut of every slice. Up. <laughs> shut up because it's all on me that we haven't had Prince Street pizza. It really is. You better because get your ass not, moving. Because in my defense, when I used to bring it home, Mm-hmm. I was working till one o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. where I can hop on a plane. On a plane, on a plane. Hop, wouldn't that where be nice? Where are you going to work every day? <laughs> that would be amazing if I could hop on a plane and get home. But I would <sighs> could just hop on the J train, take it to Bowery, walk up to, you know, Prince Street, and then hop right on the D at Lafayette. Right now, for me to do that. I have to like, it's after work because I work until 5.30 or 6. So it's getting on a crowded subway train with a huge box of pizza because I'm not bringing home less than six cuts of that pizza. Yeah, no, what's the point? And, <laughs> and you, I don't know if you've, have you ever brought it home? I think you did. You brought, I it, brought home. it home. So, but you know, you walk onto that, you walk onto that train with a freaking piping hot Prince Street pizza Everybody is just staring at your box like, should I take that away from her? You might as well be walking in there with like a deposit bag from a bank. Right, with exactly. All of your week's you're worth just, of money because people are going to stare at you the same way. Like, you're just asking for trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you hike the, the hem up on that pizza box a little bit further? <laughs> you teasing bitch. <laughs> Come on now. Oh my God. Well, thank you so much, Jay. You know, for coming on the show, we really appreciate it. And I really, really love the first raw emotions. I can't wait to see the rest of the emotions that are going to come spilling out through the course of the series through 2018. And we'll, of course, have all of his contact info right in our show description, as we always do, because we are very, very good people like that. Yes. And thank you very much, Jay. Really appreciate it. And um, good luck with, like, the projects, man. And from... One guy dealing with the same thing to another guy dealing with the same thing. Just hang in there, dude. <laughs> so. Shall we get into a potsy? Yeah, speaking of like all medical shit, why don't we get into a potsy <laughs> well, now? Let's just roll right with it. So, this is a little bit of a different potsy for the week, and I feel like it does tie into bariatric surgeries, so we can maybe, like, could have played a little bit of Roly-Poly Rorty in there as a throwback if we wanted to. Yeah, a throwback to our old friend Roly-Poly Rorty. Yes, but, you know. But also talking, you know, we it also kind of plays into the potsy because, you know, you have been a homebody. Mm, yes. And I do think, like, and I do appreciate that, like, we ventured out a little bit. Yeah, we actually went out on the town. He took me on a date, people. Three blocks away. It was his idea. It was his idea. It was literally three blocks away. Your idea was to have me meet you for your Christmas party in the financial district, and then afterwards go out to get something to eat. And then I was like crafty and saying, what if I took you out someplace special up here? And then <laughs> and I that was fine because <laughs> I understand. Like... He's not met any, like, hardly anybody that I work with. And I get that. Like, a Christmas party with people bitching about work as people do at these kind of things. And, you know, it's 
it was a lot to ask, but I just wanted to introduce you to like the people that I do like, you know, but that I spend so much of my time. Over. Just invite sure. those people sure. over and that's it. No, and I get that. I get that. So I was like, you know what? I totally get it. Like, I wasn't angry. I wasn't just like, I was like, I get it. And the fact that you were just like, how about we go like on a date? And you said the D word yourself. And I was like, <laughs> what? And like, you can't not cash in on that if it, if it gets offered, especially after, you know, the last year that we've had where we maybe could count five times on one hand how many times we've done something outside of this apartment that wasn't a doctor's appointment or a visit to a hospital or something like that. We did make a trip to Denny's when we were in Minnesota. <laughs> so I mean, you got you you got you had a pretty good. You had a pretty good. <laughs> I got a pretty week. good life going yeah, here. I got a pretty good life. Pretty good. Pretty good. But <laughs> so, you know, the potsy has like your pot syndrome has kept you pretty much internal especially you know with uh, aside from like the times that you go out with a dog and stuff because I know we both are nervous about you getting on a train or you know walking to an appointment or something like that by yourself because you you still have your moments where you're blacking out and stuff so the fact that like you were like you know what I feel like I can do a night out and it was you know it wasn't like a big long day but like we Mm -hmm. walked like 10 blocks to go to the restaurant we walked 10 blocks to go back and we were at the restaurant for like an hour, a little more than an hour, just enjoying dinner, walking through the freaking slushy snow, you know, but it was nice, you know, so it, it was, was like, an escape. It was an escape. It was an escape. Yeah. And you got out, you had something that you didn't have to make that we didn't get delivered, that it wasn't just like eaten on a paper plate in our house. Like we were humans. We were a couple out on the town oh. on a Friday night, no less. What? <laughs> And look how much better our lives are for it. We could have eaten off a paper plate and everything would have been the same the next day. <laughs> oh my day. God, shut but up. But I understand. We got out. Where the potsy comes in. No, where Roly Poly Rorty uh, comes in. Well, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that's fair enough. Where Roly Poly Rorty comes in, we've talked about it in the past, hair and nails mm-hmm. tend to just fall apart after bariatric surgery. Right. Uh, my nails still to this day, I, I don't know what it is. They're so soft, like just my nails are soft. And not too long ago, maybe like maybe two months ago, maybe even three months ago, I was reading online about hair and nail vitamins, mm-hmm. which you went and got me. And I was yeah. like, I don't know how I'm going to like because it. Because to preface this, he, Tom has always had the better hair in the relationship. He's always had a nice head of hair, the hair of a lion, if you will. That is true. He's always had amazing hair. Tyler has amazing hair. They suck. I hate them both. Listen, there is a commercial on TV right now where there's like <laughs> this hair treatment center. And they go to this. I think it's Bosley. I think it might be Bosley. I, it might be. But there's this older black woman who's on it. And her hair know, is terrible. It's just terrible. It really is terrible, especially in comparison. Like, but. <laughs> But seriously, you and I, we'll sit on the couch. This commercial will pop up during hockey games or whatnot. And she, like, her line in this commercial is, people come up to me all the time and say, my, what beautiful hair you have. And you're like, no one says that. And I was like, but I can relate because people do look at, well, they used to look at me and say, my, what beautiful hair you have. I've been in Walmart in Pennsylvania and people come up to me and say, my, you have some incredible hair. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, well, thank you very much, you know. The first thing that my mom, I think, ever said to you when she met you was, 
I think like it was at like one of my parties for like my job back in Pennsylvania and she came up to you she picked you out of a crowd having never seen you and I and she was just like you have got to be Tom because I think she recognized you because like I had said like he's got a really good head of air and she was like she recognized you from like just this guy that she had no idea but she picked out the best hair in the whole club and she was like that's got to be Tom well there you have it but you know my thing is after the surgery, my hair got so, so thin. thin. Yeah, like very, it was very ridiculous. Thin. And then I got thin. So it wasn't long before I started looking like the Crypt Keeper almost. And oh I'm like, God. oh, this blows, man. Because I was the same color gray. You were, yeah. Because yeah. of, you know, having the pots. <laughs> and my hair was thinned out and I was skinny. And I was like going, this sucks, man. I am like literally a caricature of like a dead you know, talk show host for a what of the dead talk show host? like a caricature okay of a dead <laughs> talk show host bringing in these weird horror movies from the eighties. This is I don't want to be this person. So started the vitamins, mm-hmm. hair and nail vitamins, hair and nail vitamins, nails. Eh, it didn't get so much better. But you bite. You're, you're a biter too. So I am a biter had, too. You know that was going to be a struggle to begin with. Right, but hair unbelievable the bounce back and it, did, from the it hair. took maybe a month of you taking those pills before like the it getting better yeah for like to see a difference and i just remember like looking over one day and i was like damn like his hair is looking good again ma you got <laughs> wonderful hair ma you got a beautiful head of hair people come up to me all the time <laughs> and tell me it but this week, how, this really does tie into a story for real. It does. It, it does. does. So we're out to dinner. We're at the Grange in Harlem, which is just Phenomenal. a fantastic joint that we go to up here. And not expensive, man. No, it's Make and an the effort. service go. has never not been good. The food is always on point. Mm-hmm. And I was facing the front of the restaurant, so as I have to, because that's just the kind of person that I am. I have to always face forward. Mm -hmm. So that meant that you had your, (laughs) you were facing, you had the, (laughs) you had your back to the rest of the restaurant. Our server came up and like she had, you know, gone to the table behind us, and she came up from behind you. And what did she say? Hello, ladies. How is your evening going? And I and I thought she was talking to somebody. And this is not the first time this has happened. This is definitely not. This has happened many, but many times. But this is the first time since yet. the surgery. This is since the first time since surgery the surgery. And I was like, look at me being normal again. People think I'm a lady again. <laughs> Everything must be because finally again, the stars the are back. aligning. Yeah. So it was from the back. So she just saw this like you know shoulder length luxurious hair well she even said that even well no she yeah, was so like so she was like hello ladies and she looked she goes i am so sorry she thought that i was going to be offended by it i was like smitten with the comment because, i was like well thank you because she said you have luxurious hair like that those were her exact words she was like you have luxurious hair now let me tell you if hair was an open window to recovery i would be well on my way <laughs> Well, well, well on my way. It's not. So, but the good news is, it's nice to know that at least things are starting to fall in place. Like, even if it's something stupid like hair, like who gives a shit? I'm sure that one of the kids are going to do something probably that's going to make a huge chunk of it fall out before (laughs) 2019 comes rolling around. Sure. But until that time, just to feel a little bit normal, like, hey. Your old self. Yeah. yeah like, you're back to having, like, some badass hair. <laughs> you know? And, and it you, looks very good right now. 
Well, thank you very much. I went out in the open air, like when I took Kona for a walk, and it was like a little bit damp, so it kind of like fluffs it up a mm-hmm. little bit in like the night air. And... and it's very curly. Like he has a really good curl. Like he's got these natural curls that are just bullshit. Well, you know, what can I tell you? <laughs> I got Ma have wonderful hair. That's all I could say. But I just wanted to share that, you know, it gets better. It does get better. It's slow, and you just got to pick your battles. And when you get, like, a compliment about something that you've been missing for so long, mm-hmm. you just got to fucking ride it. Because right. everything else might be shit. Like, <laughs> still, like, today I'm, like, my hands, are, hands cramping, are cramping. My yeah. friggin' my calves have been, like, spasming lately. I have no idea why. But all I can think about is, but I look damn good going through all this shit now. <laughs> so at least it's something. And that's mentally going to keep you kind of just keel, like even keel, you know, like mentally you're like, hey, man, there's still things that I'm working on, but well, some things are. At least we can hope. <laughs> that's all we can ask. Yeah. And that's it for this week's Potsy, I guess. And that's it for this week's show. It sounds like it. So thank you so much to Jay for coming on and, you know, talking to us about his music and his process. And we just like talking to New Yorkers in general because, I don't know, man, it's cool when you talk about places that you've been to that they've right, been sure, to. Right, sure, yeah. I mean, or it's, learn about like, or try to find a new spot. Yeah, definitely. I'm not straying from Prince I know, Street I know, or, but, I you know. know like just, but, but, I mean, still, it's awesome that, you know, you could try it. <laughs> Anyway, um, next week we are going to be putting out our show a day late. We'll be coming out on Tuesday. Why is that, Nikki? Because it's Christmas. Because it's Christmas, and you don't need to be on your goddamn phones listening to our dumbass show <laughs> like when you should be around your family. No, you should be listening to our dumbass show on the 26th, which is when you're going to listen to our show, right? Right. On Christmas Day is for drinking and locking yourself away from the from everybody so you don't get into too many arguments. That's what Christmas <laughs> Day is about. You don't need us. The next day, we'll all get together and we'll bitch about the holidays together in, <laughs> in like, unison. And we'll recover together from the family drama that is sure to come in the next week or so. I know it's going to be here. So, with that said, hope everybody has a very Merry Christmas. I hope... Who's ever celebrating Hanukkah up to this point in time? Had enjoyed really that good. as well. Eight magical nights. Eight magical nights. And um, when we talk next week, we'll be gearing up for New Year's. And I know you alcoholics love that holiday. <laughs> All right, everybody, from our house to yours, have a great week. And don't forget to follow us on social media as the High Regard Show. Oh, you could do that. <laughs> You can do that. Nikki's telling me to wrap it up, so I'm trying to go quick. So I'm like going, how does she know Like how much time we're into the show? You can learn more about the High Regard Show at highregardshow.com. And, of course, you can always write to us at highregardshow at gmail.com. And you can, of course, see beautiful pictures of our studio manager, Kona, in her lovely Christmassy sweater as the Kona Persona on all social media. That's it, everybody. Have a great week, and we will see you next week. Happy holidays, happy holidays, happy holidays, happy holidays. Good night.